we still think that amiibo are pretty cool. No, we don't. Shut up. What's an amiibo? It's like Nintendo, but Skylanders. Sounds terrible. Why would you ever want to buy one of those? They couldn't find all of the purple coins in Super Mario Odyssey. And I... I, I you wanted... didn't... You didn't get... Bruh, you didn't get the Mario cereal so you can do that instead? Mario yeah. cereal? Well, no, because that just gives you coins. It doesn't show you where the purple coins are. I, I'm just saying, I, I'm just flexing right now. I, I, I did get the Mario cereal. You got I the still, Mario cereal? Yes, and I, I still I keep the box. Dang, that's an epic Chad moment right there. Yeah. You know, all this talk about Amiibo and Nintendo is a great segue, actually, for today's topic. We didn't plan Gun that. violence. Yeah, basically. Gun violence and just violence in general and how it relates to um, video games and a lot of the narratives that get told because of it. Um, okay. Uh, for reference, we will probably be, end up referencing a video by a YouTuber. I don't know if you heard of him. It's uh, his name's Game Theory. So apologies if it sounds like we're just repeating a lot of the info he says in his video. You see, just... we're bored children who cannot understand how uh, to actually make a valid argument, so we just copy other people's and give our stances on it. Yeah. So. Well, well, luckily, you... maybe yeah. we'll evolve into adults that can have their own opinion, but that, that, that'll come over time. I mean, when you put it like that. Um, so yeah, again, apologies okay. if it sounds like we're repeating a lot of this info, but um, we're highly we'll recommend you check out you have that it. video by Game Theory because it, it brings up a lot of really great points. So, um, so I guess... first off, Cameron, uh, being a school shooter, how, oh can you gosh. say... You can't say that. Especially not this episode. Okay, so... Uh, um, I guess can you say that playing um playing yeah, Doom has made you a more violent person? Let's yeah, playing what let's... game? I didn't hear what you said. Doom. Uh, Have you played Doom? Doom. Um, for the entirety of the, I think like maybe hour or hour and a half that I've watched someone play Doom, uh, yeah, it really, really influenced me to go and uh, commit acts of, like, violence. Yeah, definitely. This is a terrible... This is Not terrible being timing. sarcastic this is at all. This is terrible time. We need to restart. <laughs> no, no, we're keeping this in. We have to... Come on. We can't come on. Okay, so I guess, yeah. CG, you brought up an interesting idea there that I'm going to go with, which is, you know, I guess we'll just... Go around the circle, the virtual circle here, and I guess we'll all talk about the role video games have played in our lives individually, and then we'll go to a more worldwide statistical stance. So I guess, Cameron, you already started. Is there anything specific, like, about... Do you play a lot of games? I can't remember. Uh, especially recently, no, because anime. But, right. uh, <laughs> the only game I've really played recently would be, like, Either Osu or Minecraft, which I don't. We have to think... play Minecraft. Put that in the back burner. Um, I don't think that would be. I don't think that considers me a gamer anymore. Mm. Um, so it's not it's not a heavily participated hobby you indulge in, at least not uh, anymore. I guess not anymore. At least I mean, I used to play video games a while ago. Like what I mean, kind? Don't get me wrong, I didn't, like, start hating video games or anything. No, it's just, I like, I got too into anime to, like, that it just started eating up all my time, so I didn't have any time to, like, play video games. So it was mostly just, like, I don't want to say casual, because that makes it sound like I'm calling you a fake fan. Yeah. But, like, it's mostly, like, um... I don't, consider I don't really know how to, yeah, I don't consider, that's why I'm not trying to use that word, but like, I don't, it wasn't any, I guess you could say you weren't fully submerged, but that wasn't necessarily a bad thing, like, you still played, you were still technically, there's a lot of overlap in those two communities, yeah, really. so, you still um, got some of that, if not a lot, I would say, and, um, I don't know, what's the most violent thing you've ever done 
because of um, your horrible, horrible addiction to pushing buttons. Uh, I, uh, so me and my brother in Minecraft, we made this cow pen, then a creeper blew it up, and I decided I'm gonna, instead of repairing it, I'm gonna slaughter all the cows there. Got a bunch of leather from that. It was great. I meant in real life, but okay. Oh, in real life. Um, yeah, a creeper blew up a cow pen in real life. That's definitely what happened. Um. Oh, man. <laughs> In real life, I think, uh, I think I might have, I don't know, I can't think of anything. Wow, so you're saying that somehow, miraculously, the fact that you played video games has not driven you insane to the point of massacring many people? It's crazy. Whoa, dude, that's insane. On the other hand, I have mental problems. Anyways, that's that's a that, different discussion. That's a different discussion. Yeah. Um, but anyways, it's I guess, not video games. All right, so Suchi, that did that. You next. It, it's it, um. Well, you see, being a certified <clears throat> epic pro gamer. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um. I've played a lot of- This kitchen is so hard to no, clean! Oh my gosh, no. we're not doing this. We're not doing this style. Cameron, no. It was no. something else. I thought it was a different one. Cameron, no. Dang it. Okay, I need to change that back. But anyways, what? We're not going back. Um, being a certified pro gamer, I've played many a video game, both violent and non-violent. I have played... I don't know, and to be honest, it's kind of like... I, it just doesn't matter to me. You mean like, the violence? It's just because... Okay, and this is this is something that... This is obviously, there are, are the scientific parts of the argument, but everyone has to take it in the actual logical side of the argument. Where you would assume that play, acting out something violent in the game, is going to make you more violent. When in reality, you know it's not reality. There's no kid who, who plays a game and is like, Ah uh, yes, I think of this as how reality is going to do- go, and unless I find it completely well, okay. Yeah, I unless, I unless they have like a specific illness or something that makes it that way. I don't think it's necessarily because very, very, very young children or really little, like maybe. Yeah. So at the, I mean, okay, there's like there, there's certain stages. I think like little kids can probably have trouble distinguishing stuff that's really scary in movies from real life so yeah you may like end up getting for example i remember when i was younger i got really scared at um watching someone play south park's thick of truth because i didn't i simply did not understand what the vulgarness was and it just really creeped me out in a way i cannot describe uh see that's interesting yeah good it's just that weird feeling of fear, that weird scar feeling that you get when there's just there's something vulgar that you don't understand when you're a kid, and it's like the I, it's something you cannot replicate now. Uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone will deny like they were like running around on the playground like little soldiers or something, but I don't think it's like you're just a kid, you know. You know, the point being, like, yeah, there's there's no like. Yeah, and as you grow up, you understand what, like, it's not grounded in reality. The entire point is the fact that it's a game. It's a sport. And the topic of games... Shut up, phone. And the topic of games like um, Call of Duty, which I want to mention, I've never actually liked playing Call of Duty, but that's yeah. also... That's just for personal reasons. And the topic of playing games... I'll, I'll say CSGO, because I actually did play a lot of CSGO back in the day. Um, it's... <laughs> And the topic of playing a game like CSGO, it's just, it's a sport. You understand that? Yes, sure, yeah, it's, it's terrorist versus counter-terrorist, and yes, that might seem violent. But to be honest, it just kind of, I think it might actually be good at a certain age for you to play something like that, because, at least for me, like, years ago when I would play it, it was just, I now understand, you know, 
it's desensitizing is what I'm trying to say. But desensitizing isn't a bad thing to me. It can be mm. a good thing in a lot of ways. For example, because it, it decreases fear. It, it's a case where you're still gonna, like, if somebody close to you dies, you're still gonna be sad, but you're not gonna go out and cry to the TV when they talk about some random person dying, because at that point, it's almost like you understand that death is just the concept of somebody gone, and to be honest, it doesn't really matter if you realize that it's just the same world, but with one less person. And it's only really sad when you realize that you can't, uh, the relationships you had with the person are all gone, and you, and if you had anything you wanted to say or do, and it was unexpected. That's when the sadness of death comes in. When it comes to someone random, I don't understand why people cry about it. Like, oh yeah, that was sad. Mm. That's, that's kind of a point. Like, I can't, it's hard to say this because people. You hear desensitized, and you're just like, oh, I don't want my kids to be desensitized. It's a bad thing, but no, it's it's a part of the So you're saying that it's, That's like, what I'm trying it's to say. coming to the moral, it's coming to the reality that no matter what, people are going to die. And while yes. that's necessarily a sad thing, it's not worth it to upend your emotions, your emotional stability for every single person that dies you see on the news. It's a case where like, yes, it's, it's a sad. way that We're does not, not deliberately that. Emo- it's a way that a- does not affect the emotions of the person playing it, as well as it helps them mature quicker. That's probably the best way to describe it. Because a part that's a part of maturity, understand how accept acceptance of how terrible life can be. And not even. Cause even because like even that's still a rare case, because most of the time, your average 10-year-old playing COD is just screaming on the mic in Xbox Live. He's still a young <laughs> kid, but he's not gonna get up, go say to his friend, I'll kill you, then go kill him. Everyone understands probably. that it's just... Yeah, probably. Unless they're ill. Unless they're ill. If that's the case, go find help, kiddo. Uh, but I feel like most parents and guardian figures are gonna automatically assume that of the people they're watching over because they just don't want to take the risk and no matter how many times people tell them no it's fine let the kid be happy it's not gonna do anything that's why the argument's never gonna go away until it's a case where like it's going to grow it's going to go away eventually i'm pretty sure the same thing happened with books like back in the 1800s same things happen happened with movies still happens today i mean in the i mean in the the 80s it was all about metal yeah yeah music you know people were like oh these screaming artists are going to turn our children into raving lunatics or something what raving lunatics do you see here um I mean, it, uh, I think for me personally, video games have certainly played a large, large role in my life. And that's certainly nothing, it's not anything I would ever want to go back on. Um, just because there's a lot of really special things in my life. So, okay, like, video games have also provided me with some of the most, like, important, like, memories in my life. Okay. Like, with movies, I'm, I'm a big, big, like, movie guy. I like the art and film. I appreciate a lot of the mediums I do because of how they work in terms of art form. And so... <clears throat> the thing is, like, with a lot of movies, you know, you have... Video games have this very interesting thing that I don't think any other medium has had with the ability to truly embed its music into you. Where, I mean, you know, everybody knows, like, those classic film themes. Like, everybody knows the theme from Star Wars or from Avengers or whatnot. But I don't think that you could probably identify to me, like, your favorite, like, song from every movie you've seen. You know? But somehow that's different in video games. You play to me a song from a video game any game that i've played i could probably somehow like instantly almost identify if not at least a specific game or specific song at least what series it's from 
there's something special about this media form that you connect with what you're experiencing more than any well-written character could possibly ever and so it, it's it's such an underappreciated art form video games have single-handedly told some of my favorite stories of all time i mean i remember in an earlier episode i joked about how spider-man for the ps4 was my favorite spider-man movie but i mean i honestly mean that because i'm not the biggest spider-man fan but just the way it somehow managed to tell a story that i knew they could never make into a movie by taking advantage of the long-form media okay Oh yeah, I'm it's just gonna say this. You mentioned that the main difference between video games and movies is its music, but I don't. It's a part of a much bigger difference. It's a part of the activity. The, the, yeah, the the music. The reason the music leaves such a more much such a bigger impact on you than film ever could is because not only are you experiencing it for a lot longer, because movies can only go up to about like two hours, games can go for fifty over the course of many weeks. That uh... person you're playing as. It depends, you know, it varies, it fluctuates. You know, you know, you you know, know, you know, try, you know what I'm trying to hold Thank back you. and say, you know right. what I'm trying to hold yeah, back. Yeah, you, you know, there are games you can play for over hundreds of hours. And that's, okay, that's like the act of moderation with gaming. So again, like another discussion, but I think the fact that, you know, a lot of people like joke about how like video game protagonists are just these silent types with no personality. But there's a reason for that. It's because you project yourself onto these characters more than you ever could to a movie character because you literally are that character in the context of the story. Because you're the person controlling his actions and what he does. And while, yes, it's rare, some games don't allow the full extent of everything you can possibly do. They try their best and they try, they're a lot closer. There are games where you literally have every option. There are games where they just kind of force you down a path. But either way, it's still a lot more interactive. Now, okay, so for the longest time, I personally didn't play a lot of violent video games. I still don't. It's there's that slight like disconnect, mostly because I grew up playing Nintendo because that's the old, that's only what my brother played. Like I only ever had a Game Boy SP or a DS or a 3DS and like a Wii. You know, I never branched out of that much until about up about recently. And um, I've talked about this game a couple times on the podcast, but I think single-handedly the most violent game I've ever played is a game by the name of The Last of Us. And I'm not gonna. I'm not about to get into discussions about the sequel. Okay, I don't care about your opinions or anything. They're bad. Okay. The fact of the matter is, the first game I played was single-handed. The the first game was single-handedly, hands down, probably the most violent game I have ever played. But it's also probably. This is gonna sound crazy, but it's probably one of my favorite games I've played of all time. And it's for one simple factor of it's such an amazing story okay this and it used okay a lot of people worry about that like the context of it's it's all about the way i've learned something interesting through playing this game and it's all about the way you frame the violence because not once in the story or in the context of the game did i necessarily feel good about anybody i killed because they do this, I don't know how they do it, it's all in the sound design, in the camera work, in the voice acting. You feel the impact of every person that dies in that game. It's unlike anything I've ever experienced. I, I remember physically cringing at some of the stuff that would happen, which I've never done necessarily with a game before. It was so interesting, and I realized in that point, it's all about how you frame things, you know? Uh, like this... Right. Yes. Sorry. Okay. A thing I'd like to bring up with that is there's two topics I want to bring. I'm kind of just stalling right now to decide which one I want to talk about. I'll do the second one last. Uh, basically, I guess we'll talk about uh, the topic of games like that where they have violence in them, but they're not necessarily bad. Uh, first one I want to mention is GTA often considered one of the worst games when it comes to video game violence. It's made headlines year and year again about the terrible things you can do with and oh my gosh do I absolutely love that game. I play it often. I, I it's just it's just fun. I, I just love going online with a friend and just messing around for a solid couple hours. It's just it's fun. 
and this it's not a case where right? yeah because and it sounds dumb because i'm enjoying killing people or whatever but no because they make an effort okay if you're playing the gta story mode which is something i talked about but that's also really interesting it's a case where it almost shows you the consequences of doing these terrible things where no matter how far you go the main cast you're dealing with the consequences of it and i'm I'm gonna like briefly mention the story right here, but the story has to deal with a, gu a guy named, uh, or at least I haven't completed it, but at least the part that I'm in has to deal with a guy named Michael as pretty much the main character so far, um, as well as his old heist team where he, they robbed a or they did a gigantic bank heist back in the day, which was the introduction, and at the, during that he had to fake his own death to survive. And it's the consequences of him doing that, where instead of him doing that, he was rich, he left everything behind, he left all of his heist jobs behind, he started a family with an old stripper that he used to, uh, with some random stripper, and had a complete family, and ended up living pretty happily. Until he ended up going to therapy because of how he still felt empty because he had no purpose in life until he and the story progresses he meets other characters that you have to play as franklin and it's like frank like the characters franklin and trevor and you and then he has to do those heist jobs he has to do a heist job again due to how he has needs to get money and there are consequences for that one of his old teammates finds him because of his name being on the news and is mad at him because he never told him he faked his own death and then there's the part where his entire family leaves him because of the fact that he starts it again it's it's a crushing moment in the game where his son who there's a lot his son who's grown up to be a terrible person ends up drugging his own father and then framing it on him get and framing it on himself like and frames it on frames the dad for getting drugged himself and telling his mom and his sister so that way the entire family just leaves him and now he's and that's kind of where i am in the game where he's just kind of alone in his house with nothing to do and i feel like that shows the consequences of yes there is a problem with doing these terrible things and it's probably live you'll probably live a lot happier of a life but here you get to play as this ter you get to play through this terrible life have fun as for the online you mode, you understand that the people are- you understand that, like, the citizens that you'll randomly kill- you'll randomly kill are not real people. You get that. They're treated as- they're treated as bots. They're treated as you walk up to one of them, they either swear at you or they just- they say one of the same five things again, and their AI is really glitchy, but you know that it's not a real person. And it doesn't make you feel like you're killing a real person. It, it feels like what it feels like. It's the equivalent of destroying a fence or attacking an anthill, right? It makes it feel like. I mean, because it's so disconnected from the real world that it doesn't make you feel like you're do like you're hurting any real people. It's the opposite of what Austin mentioned in The Last of Us. And I had a feeling you wanted to say something about this, Austin. You have anything? I okay. I can't. I just want to honestly gush about that game a little more because there's a lot of things about it that are really special to me personally, regardless of what you think of the sequel, which I you know has been a lot of controversy recently. But I would just say that like this game single-handedly has had just like the best opening probably to I don't think I've ever had another opening to like a movie Sonic Adventure 2 no not even Sonic Adventure 2 where I literally could like had not even finished processing what had just happened and you know maybe that was just something that me personally you know maybe it won't do anything for you but single-handedly I think this is probably one of the best games I've ever played and I'm glad I experienced that but the thing is like it is graphic but it's because it's a gritty depiction of what would happen in a post-apocalyptic setting I mean the, the thing you realize is that it's you know it's a zombie story but not really you know, okay. the, the best 
stories about zombies are never about zombies. They're about the human response to a global ending disaster, you know. Already then. Okay, um, it's finally time. Paul? I've been holding... <laughs> we still holding got five back minutes. Okay, I've been holding back mentioning this game for the entire podcast, but you've leached it out of me, Austin. A great game that is that a game that greatly depicts the use of, of that uses graphic topics, but in a way that actually develops the story, is Persona Five. Uh, Persona Five is a game that I decided to play over the time of Corona, and I've been absolutely loving Corona Five. <laughs> Corona. It's uh, it's a long game. It's like a hundred hours and like For I'm real? at I'm at like the I'm at like the ninety eighth hour point. So I'm coming at the end, and <laughs> it's yeah. I've been wasting I've been wasting a lot of time, but I it's just it's a masterpiece of a game. I, going back on the mention of st- it kind of fits with every single point we mentioned where it's a long story, but I feel like. It can do things that a movie can't simply because of its longest story, where it has single-handedly one of the best twists in a game that I've ever seen. And the reason it works so well is, yeah, the reason it works so well is because of the fact that in a movie, when you when something when a twist is set up, you know it's set up because there's like 30 minutes in between the setup and the actual thing. Here, you have literally hours, plenty, many hours before the setup and the actual thing. So, like, when something, like, a minor detail that seems to be a setup occurs, you don't even notice it. And then it just punches you in the gut. That aside, mentioning how the violence actually helps with the game, I want to mention that this game has a a mature rating, meaning 17+. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, they swear. They swear every once in a while, and more importantly, it seems like a game that you would market to a teenager, but it simply cannot be because of the fact that it uses mature topics. Point being, it has death, but the main characters never kill. And I think a major point is how the main characters never want to kill, and they get framed for doing so, but that's the point. The opening, or at least one of the openings, it's hard to explain, as your main- Wait, sorry, I have to mute. Yeah. Sorry, I have to mute every once in a while for when people come through here. Uh, anyways, the main character, who um, was just called Joker for the sake of his nickname, but you actually name him in the game, um, is framed for an assault case, where he sees a man um, forcing himself upon a woman, and he tries to intervene. And what happens is he says, dang brat all sue and actually sues him and is able to actually file the assault case because he was just trying to stop this from happening and that's mature theme and his entire life is ruined because he ends up being put on probation moved to a different school or everyone hates him because of reasons and it's terrible then introduced to the first main story arc with a with a gym teacher who is sexually abusing the female members of the volleyball team, physically abusing the male members, and it goes so far to even let one member to commit suicide. Attempts to. Attempts she survives. To. She barely survives, and it's a very gut-punch moment in the game, but... I think the idea that, like, the fact that a piece of media simply contains something that is taboo or violent, and just saying you should not engage with that is such a closed-minded thing because it's all about because like you know it's, it's like, about the application yeah it's 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 like oh well you shouldn't read you know you shouldn't watch that movie because you know it has killing and it's like well i mean the bible has like a ton of wars in it you know it's like oh but why do you read it it's because it's about the message that you're trying to extract from it so and why don't you apply song. that to other pieces of media exactly and you cannot the presence of something and it, it's simply a case right. where it is impossible to have a story without conflict. And the more you try to censor a movie, the worse it gets. And that's a problem. And I feel like there's a lot of people out there that's like, I don't want my kids to see uh, bad bad things because it'll influence their minds. But no. Let your kid see a character die. Let your kid see the Lion King where um, father dies. I've never seen the Lion King. 
actually. I saw it when I was really little, but it was, it's really funny, you know. People always I saw the animated thing when I was young. People yet. always look at me like I'm the one who killed Mufasa when I tell them I've never seen the Lion King, you know, all the the game. And you know, even though I've never seen the movie, even I know that that was totally Simba's fault, right? Scar totally had a point. He just couldn't wait to be king, huh? Well, the position's open now. Yeah, that makes sense. Anyways, yeah, when it comes down to it, there's a lot of censorship. And actually, back to Persona 5, remember, it's remember when I first introduced it, Austin said, wait, it's right then? Yeah, very much a game that a teenager kid would play. And its message is actually one of justice and a debate on that, where the main characters, it's hard to explain, but it does slowly gather you into all the weird stuff. The main point of the game is you have a group known as- you start a group known as the Phantom Thieves, and it's hard to explain, but it's- yeah, it's like, basically they have the ability to make, take criminals and very terrible people and make them- and- and, um, almost- and make them into better people via a really weird method that you play- figure out in the game. Essentially, they change their hearts to transform them into yeah. better people with better consciousness. And, con- better conscience. and because they now have an actual conscience, most of the time they actually turn themselves into the police afterwards. And it's a, it's a debate on justice, where is that okay? Yes, it is. Because it's debatably better than, you know, because they still end up suffering the consequences, but they still turn out better people. Mm. It's better than... Because you see people f- putting forth... Like, what's the... It's... The same, but with a better outcome than applying force to someone so that way they turn into a better person. Except it actually works because they do actually change, as opposed to not doing whatever action for the sake of fear. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, we're just past our little halfway mark here, so we're gonna go ahead and no do the one halfway talking break. about a game that I that I love. Somebody ring the dinkster. We'll be right back. Okay. Hey, Suchi, what, what, what's, what you selling today? What, what, what you got for me today? I'm, look, I'm looking to buy some, some goods. What, what are you selling me today? What, what you got? Hey! Hello! Hi. Hello. Hello, and uh, welcome back once again to the uh, Pizgin Podcast, where I hope you enjoyed that commercial break. So now, um, we're going to go ahead and try and talk about a little of... Um, I guess the more scientific, like, statistical side. Up until now, we've mostly just been talking about our personal experiences, but, um, you know, everybody intakes and processes media differently. That's just kind of how art works, and that's simply just the way that media works as an art form. So, um, I guess when we're talking about video games of violence, the real thing everyone wants, the real thing everybody means is gun violence, you know? Whether you agree with the fact that video games cause violence, or the fact that there is a lot of misconception about what you can classify as a mass shooting, or even a school shooting, you know, if a gun, you know, like, things get counted differently simply for the sake of pushing statistics, so you have to admit one thing, and that is the fact that, you know, this kind of stuff, like mass shootings, were certainly not happening to this degree. Like, even, like, 20 years ago. Just, that's simply a fact. You know, like, something has changed. I don't know what it is, but, like, you have to, at some point, realize that no matter what statistics are getting inflated or not inflated, there are simply more shootings involving multiple people getting hurt happening in public places than before. Even if you stripped it down to the most minimal of, 
you know, like you, you, even if you make it so that there's a long list of requirements for something to qualify, you, your numbers are still going to go up as you come into the 2010s. It's just you know, and um, going back to what Matt Pat had said in his game theory video, he brought up some interesting things about like. Well, okay, violent video games really started becoming a thing and largely accessible around the 90s. But then you look at, like, you know, like, crime statistics and whatnot, and this stuff is going down. Like, since the 90s, it's gone down, like, at least, like, 30%. All these major assault crimes, such as, like, you know, robbery or assault or even rape. Rape has been down 30% since the 90s, even. And, you know, you certainly don't get that from news outlets, you know, you would think the world in terms of crime is getting worse, and you might think it's worse in some other aspects, which I could probably agree on, at least, but, you know, you have to wonder, and then, you know, I mean, you have stuff like, I want to, I mean, let's briefly talk about, you know, this on an international level. Um, you know, people are often going to, you know, when we talk about gun crimes in video games, they only ever seem to talk about America. And, um, you know, because it's just, it's just natural almost to think that way. But, um, I think we ought to look at it from an international perspective like is you know because is it really just that video games are naturally making people violence because then you should see some sort of correlation so let's talk about japan japan is the i i, I really it certainly doesn't spend nearly as much money on games as some other people some other countries sorry america is the number one country that spends the most amount on video games you know, take but it down. has the freaking headquarters of Nintendo. Yeah, but like in in Japan, like that's where Nintendo is. Japan, simply as a matter of fact, is where a lot of the gaming subculture comes from. They're not as big as America, mind you. But you know, you know, when you have a country where that community is basically originating, or at least large parts of it, anyway. You know, you would think that you'd see the same correlation, but in uh, in 2017, in Japan, only three people were killed in any kinds of shooting incidents, and there were only 22 shooting crimes throughout the entirety of Japan. Now, I don't know about you, but like you, okay, like yes, it's. You know, the, the idea would be none, but we're not trying to be unrealistic here. The fact is, this stuff is going to happen. It doesn't matter if you make it illegal, because the problem is you're breaking the, the first one. So when you have some place where that culture is so big and the disparity between, you know, and, you know, like adjust that for, you know, you just, you know, adjust that for population size in America, those numbers would still be minuscule compared to what's going on here. There's a disparity. There's a difference. You know, Plenty of differences. Right. I like, mean, and I think a very important thing to say is, being a part of the gaming community, it's very easy to say that, okay, let's say you're playing, you're playing Splatoon, basically any game, and you have that one guy that has a Japanese name. You get scared. Oh, right, yeah, you get scared because you, you get know, scared. good at games. Just so that. They take it seriously. Because, like, like, it's most of the time when it's like... I even know, that, like, it's very common to even see American people simply have Japanese names, so that way they can scare others. Because it's legitimately it's intimidating. Because it's almost, for some reason, it just makes you look better. Because you... It's just It's just like a fact of science, and most Japanese people are a lot better at video games than us filthy Americans. I mean, and like, a lot of them spend a lot more time. It's right. where a lot of gaming culture comes from. It's well, anime culture. Right. So, um, and then, you know, okay, well, it obviously, you know, there are studies. 
on do video games like people have more violent tendencies and it's, it's very similar you know going back to what Matt Pat was talking about it brings up the interesting point of that like obviously how do you test violent tendencies it's not ethical to just have some have some one play a violent video game for an hour and then ask them if they would willing really, they would be willing to beat a puppy with a crowbar you know that's not you're not going to do that and obviously that's such a stark contrast that probably they're going to say no obviously no matter what you know like what you say so to them so what they have to they have to resort to very mild things like you know, um like, basically resorting to pranks where would you be more willing to give your uh, would you be more willing to give your teammate hot sauce for an advantage and like yeah it's hot sauce. Anyone would do that. Yeah, there's a. I mean, it just may come as a shock, but I think there is a large difference between being willing to give somebody a hot sauce packet. There's another example of this that I found in in research. It was from his sources list, so it's still stealing, but it, um, it's worth mentioning because of how it was. It was a different example of this. Is what I'm trying to say. Um. Give me a moment, I'm gonna try to find it. Um, so yeah, you have stuff where it's like, you know, generally those people were more willing to give that person hot sauce. And so it's like, you know, it's like, so generally speaking, at least in these mild circumstances, there is somewhat of a correlation. And then you hear that, right? And people are like, oh, so there is a correlation. Ergo, these games are causing violent tendencies. But like, you can't compare being willing to play a loud, startling noise to somebody to being willing to here we go cold here we blood go. take it. somebody's life another example of this was it directly quoted from an actual article um i'm just going to summarize it was being able to administer pain in the form of unpleasant sounds e.g mixture of fingernails scratching on backboards dentist drills blow horns and fire alarms in a decibel of choice with the limits of a non-damaging range to a person who unbeknownst to the participants is a part of the research team. So, the test is are you willing to just be mean to people? Are you willing to ear-rape somebody after playing Doom Eternal? But not even ear-raping, because like it's in it's in a non-damaging range. So it doesn't even, you know, yeah. like, there's not... At most, it's a, like, it's not violent. Okay, so then, like, you know, continuing... Like, toxic, like yeah. most toxic people in the community wouldn't, like, actually kill someone. So then, I know what you're thinking, you know. Okay. I I, I can already imagine a lot of people... I, okay, we gotta be... I'm gonna be very careful with my words here, but I know what a lot of people are thinking. It's like... What about Columbine? You know, like those guys are famous for what they did, and especially famous for the fact of video games playing a large role. So, you know, there might be the argument that, like, okay, well, maybe it doesn't affect the vast majority, but if there's a 0.1% where playing these things can set something off, you know, like, then is that a concern? And so, um, Here's the thing, though, about Eric and Dylan and a lot of other mass shootings who, and shooters who had video games play some role in their life. I'm not trying to, I want to be clear here, I'm not trying to undermine what they did. What they did was wrong, and it was frankly scary, and I'm not trying to underplay that, because I think it's important that as you know as a collective we ought to find the origins of these things you know, instead of just saying hearsay you know like well it doesn't affect me oh but there is this correlation okay like at the end of the day finding what's causing these things is important i agree to that but um i feel like you know the majority of people who play video games are young men you know teenagers to about mid to late 30s. That is the majority of people who play video games. Okay. So, when a lot of shooters, or at least some of them, 
are young men, does it not also make sense that since they are part of the group that makes up the majority that participate in this activity, that there would be some overlap? Statistically speaking, because you know, a lot of young guys are also into, let's say, football. Football is under a lot of fire for being a violent sport, but you don't see that being cited as something like to be cautious about. And I understand, you know, again, there's that disparity of like, well, tackling somebody, well, that may cause concussion. Again, there's that bit of distance, virtually killing another concussion. person. Yeah, yeah, you know, virtually killing Only. another person. Yeah, I can understand that there's that, but you don't like. You're linking correlation in Matt Pat's own words on the video. You're linking correlation with causation. You know the fact of the matter is that these people are part of the group that single-handedly make up. I think he said somewhat close to seventy-eight percent of the people who actively play video games. So does it not also make sense that when there is a young adult in the Americas, mind you, who plays video games at there would be some sort of overlap with his interests with a lot of other young men I feel, I really hate this argument for another reason because it makes people stray away from the real culprit and that, and because if people just say video games cause violence, that's the end of it just don't let your kids play the game and violence will cease I'm gonna cry now because that's never gonna happen no that's not the solution you're almost like undermining their motives you know if if you're just gonna sit there and point at oh okay well they watched the violent movie that's why they shot up this place like no you have to study this like it's you You can't just study why they did what they did so that way you can figure out how to prevent people like them from existing was it due to mental illness was it due to them being abused as a child was it due to them having an improper education system where they were bullied all the time that's actually probably the biggest one the fact that back in the day at least when a lot of these people were growing up the fact that just it was a common place to see kids that were bullied have no other thing to do than play video games because of the fact that they didn't have friends and a lot of people that grow up not having friends grew up to be irritable sad some of them uh, some of the ones that are bullied the worst end up trying to take it back out onto the school that did it to them I remember... it's not the game that made them that way it's just that the game was the coping mechanism from while they were young but it didn't work hard enough because there are tons of people out there who grow up to be nice great people but but they were also bullied when they were younger because they played games. And nowadays, it's great that they're a lot more of a widespread thing because it's not going to happen as much. Because now, if you see a kid playing um, Call of Duty, he's not gonna—he's not playing it because he's lonely. In fact, he's probably playing it with a bunch of friends. Right. I mean, honestly, playing video games is probably close to a lot of people. It's created a lot of really great friendships. It's made me part of a lot of communities that I've gotten a lot of joy from, honestly, and I, you know, wouldn't, you know, I, when I see, like, how genuinely great a lot of these people are, I can't, like, it, you know, it, it bothers me to be constantly told that, like, it's an evil thing, you know? When it is, and then you have the fact that it's most likely other things, like, instead of us just blaming it on games, why don't we fix the American education system or any of the other many problems that come with uh, just the fact that why don't we just you know fix America instead of blaming it on something else well because that would require us to admit that America as a country is flawed it is flawed every country is flawed yep but some people are too uh too absorbed in the quote-unquote greatness of their country to see the flaws or whatever. I guess. I don't know. We lead the country. We lead the world. And it's three things. Number of people who Circle believe in God. Go fix your place. We li- America leads the world is number one in three things. Number of people who believe in God. Number of people who are arrested or incarcerated per capita. And 
the amount of money we spend on military spending when we spend more than the next 26 countries combined to our allies. Oh my and god, wait a minute, wait a minute, you just said that those th- things all have to do with each other. Does that mean people that believe in God are gonna be are gonna be arrested more as well as spend a lot more money? Oh no, no, no! I don't get it. I just it's a point where it's just so dumb to think about these kinds of things, you know? And to be honest, it's obviously, it obviously all has one source. It's not because anyone's actually thinking about it. It's because it's the common message. And that's the problem. It's because big names, it's because the news outlet says it. And because the news says it, then Trump has to say it. And then everyone's like, oh my gosh, it's fact now. In reality, the entire purpose of everyone saying it is just to feed the circle jerk. Because it's much easier for a media outlet just to agree with everyone and to spread a rumor than it is to actually inform everyone. Yeah, I mean, journalists and stuff, you know, they have deadlines. At the end of the day, they have to put something out there. And if they find... It's the dangerous of a lot of Like, think about it. If you're a journalist and you're told, let's... And your boss tells you, you have to find... Uh, you have to write an article about why video games cause violence because that's the popular subject right now and you go look and you find like barely any evidence, you find plenty of evidence that's wrong, and but you can't say that because if you do so you're gonna get fired yeah, at the end of the day you just have to agree with it and then post it and then it just causes the problem and then you have to blame the big bosses that do it but at the end of the day the big bosses that do it are just doing it so that way they can keep their company alive because if they say anything otherwise then people won't pay attention I mean that's the dangers of a lot of industries becoming businesses like like the fact that the news I think at the end of the day you have to realize that the news is still a business you know at the end of the day they themselves also have Consider the news to be the most unreliable source for information. Yeah, they 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 themselves have an agenda. You like whether it's political or not. They you know at the end of the day they they are there to make money. That's just the way a business works. It's not they're not necessarily wrong for it, but there are bad things that come as a result of it. Of as a result of having a thing that's founded on presenting information to people, that is also a business. I mean, it's like, it's the same reason that paperboys, back in the day, would have to lie about what the headlines were, so that people would actually buy the paper. Because if not, and if nothing interesting was going on, then how are they going to make money? How are they going to survive? They just have to say it. And that's that's kind of the biggest issue. And to be honest, a lot of issues like this just stem from that fact just the video games violence issue i feel like a lot of issues in political parties are made because of the new circle jerking one or the other i mean uh, we talked about it in our lgb was it yeah the the video the last episode i think it was with um us talking about lgbt representation in media about how like very often with these discussions you only ever get one side hating on another so i you know i only ever see people who you know, see people who, like, you know, are like, say, like, oh, dude, I totally own those liberals with facts and logic or something, or it's like you're talking about how, like, conservatives are all just racists who are too, you know, like, I, I, I feel like I've never on the internet gotten just some one person who just runs down the facts, you know, doesn't tell me what I ought to believe. You know, it gets frustrating, and it can, it's very confusing, you know, it's almost, it's almost bipolar feeling, because you just get, you know, it's almost like you're not even getting facts, you're just getting propaganda of people defending, maybe. That's why I, and that's why I'm, I'm actually scared for when I have to vote when I'm older, and that's why I'm pushing on politics completely, because I don't know where to get the proper information. I just don't. I don't know where to get I don't know where to get actual non-biased facts when it comes to these opinions. I got it. We should go to Reddit. 
<laughs> no way that could go wrong. I don't know where to go. Do I just listen to everyone's speeches and make an opinion? No, they're just circle jerking to their own community. I don't want to pick a president at all. When did voting for a president start becoming like voting for the lesser of two evils, man? Um, from from the 1900s, I think. Probably. Now I'm not saying the presidents during the 1900s were bad. If anything, they were better than nowadays because you know it's like power scaling. But if you know what I mean. I mean, if you don't think that the media doesn't try to manipulate your beliefs, just look at the fact that. Have you ever? I always, I, 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 like it's, it's crazy how they get away with these kind of like subconscious things. But like, I, I found out about this recently. That um, if you look up a lot, a lot of pictures from the civil rights movement, they're in black and white. A lot from the '60s, mind you. It doesn't, you know, doesn't seem weird that a lot of pictures from something that was happening in the '60s. In black and white, and the reason they do that is to subconsciously make you think that it was a lot longer ago than it really was, almost like creating this disconnect. Between How long ago was black and white uh, pictures made? I mean, I'm photography and videography in general really started becoming something of interest around the 1920s. But as for color TV, color TV, I'm pretty sure. I think it started close to. I'm not sure about color video, but I'm pretty sure it was at least around by the 50s. The color television, I don't think I know when it was around, but I'm pretty sure colored photos. And um, yeah, colored photos were in 1907. 1907. All right, so they were probably just not very commonplace then. So. Uh, invented by the French Lumiere brothers. I've pronounced that wrong. Fight me reached the market in 1907. Instead of colored strips, it was based on an irregular screenplay filter made of dyed grains of potato starch, which were too small to be individually visible. So basically, color. Right. But that's so like, probably more workshop invention, but I think color TV is actually the, probably the best way to find out when it was... I don't think it was around in the census. Because if I look up when was color TV invented, I then color picture already existed, and it color TV was invented in 1953. So yeah, just you know, that means that color picture was only during the 60s, wasn't it? Definitely, definitely had to have color pictures. Yeah, so like you know, why would you you know you have to wonder why would they want to make these pictures like why to think you that it was longer ago than it actually was. I mean, I guess, you know, at the end of the day, like, I think video games are, I I think the reason that video games simply don't appeal to a lot of people are, you know, mainly to do with two things. Again, like, you know, a lot of people most of what they only ever hear about them is how violent they are about people pushing these narratives on TV and what cares about the great stories they can tell brilliant yeah. writing in a lot of them and the fact that they're legitimate works of art in a lot of ways because like, I won't deny that you know like maybe like it just doesn't appeal to you that's fine if there is if you straight up just don't get the appeal that's an entirely different thing but if there's like an underlying group of community that like would enjoy this, but just simply won't because of what they want to believe. That's another thing. But I think wrong. I honestly think the biggest. I don't like as much as activists. I think they honestly the biggest stump that prevents a lot of people from getting into video games in any form or fashion is the fact that it's it's a language. Honestly, yeah. Playing video games is a lot like learning a language, and if you have not been doing it since you were little, you're gonna. The older you get, the harder and harder it's going to be to get into it because, you know, I got you, you know, like you have to get to the point in your life where you don't have to look down to see what you're pressing. And the, and the thing is, a lot of game because the gaming industry is starting to get to the point where it's just been around that people just accept it. 
games themselves are starting to get to the point where they're just like already assuming that players already know the basic fundamentals of gaming you know like if there's a if there's like a circle pillinger with a door in the front you go around the back to check something you know like just developers are like so used to this community and the community so used to this existence and it's not since it's not new anymore a lot of these newer experiences are based on the fact of subverting the rules of the language of gaming someone who hasn't played before you know to jump into an experience like already assumes you know the language which is what a lot of modern games are doing then really i'm trying to and like i'm trying to think right now what would some great first person like games to start out with would be and i would probably recommend portal 2 portal 1 if you're i'm just gonna say this if you're a sharp person like simply because if you're already a gamer then you don't have to be that smart to understand it but even still those puzzles can get really difficult so yeah, if you're stupid, if you've don't never, play for a first person playing a video game, you can get the controls down, but you have to be someone that's quick to learn these kinds of things, and they all adapt to it quite quickly. Minecraft is a great yeah. game to get used to moving around in a 3D space with the keyboard yeah, controller. Yeah, it's also a great example. In fact, Minecraft has probably been a first game for many, and it's the most selling game after all. And it's weird to think about that the most, like, it's sold the most in Bedrock Edition, because of the fact that... Okay, for those who don't know, Bedrock Edition or, or the mobile and Xbox, mobile Xbox and Windows 10 release. They also the, have PlayStation, I think. No. I don't know if it's already joined it, but it's gonna be. Okay, yeah. And the difference, Windows 10, as in it's found in the Microsoft Store on Windows 10, not the downloaded EXE file, that's Java Edition, aka the original. It was the the difference being between the two is that one's coded in C Sharp or C++, I forgot, and the other is coded in Java, as you can figure out. Java Edition was the one that was originally made when the game first came out. However, when it was adapted to the rest of the devices, they recoded it for the sake of compatibility. And because of that, if you, the mobile Xbox and Windows 10 releases are all com- in, are all um, cross-play with each other. I can play on the computer with someone who's playing mobile. However, the Java edition is the best version because it was the original and more. It was the original. Updates come out for it the most, and yeah, it, there's also a lot of minor reasons why. But I, I personally prefer Java because that's what I. Because when you just buy the game and download it to your computer, that's what you get. Honestly, I would love, love, love to get together just a group of people who have not really experienced a lot of games and just sit them in front of them and pick a couple that I think they would particularly enjoy or just, just, just something that could open them to open up their eyes. What recommended Delta Room would be, actually? That wouldn't be half bad. I think the bullet running... Bullet bullet hell my bad bullet hell game was probably the most difficult aspect oh, Deltarune is a oh yeah it is. wait never mind it does have the local aspect um yeah Deltarune is okay we mentioned Undertale in the last and like I forgot it was the last episode or not but yeah we did um Deltarune is another game made by the same person, Toby Fox, and the same style and a very similar engine, or a very, it looks very similar to it. However, it's free on all platforms, and it shares a lot of the great story aspects of Undertale. It's technically only chapter one of the game, because it's like the sneak preview, and he's still working on chapter two, or he's still working on the rest of the game currently. Yeah, and he, that's I gonna think be he was going to do a chapter-by-chapter chapter release, but he decided against the whole game. Yeah. So, yeah, so, but, like, please, play it. it um, it'll get used to you playing uh, 2D games. It, it's not hard to understand. It's, like, the control, it doesn't have many controls. It's just the arrow keys, Z, X, and C, of which it tells you there. One. Okay. It- has great music, has great characters, it's a fun game, great story, it's a it has a good, it has good morals, it's a good game. Yeah. Definitely Portal. Um, 
you know, I, I might even be willing to, you know, recommend you some of the more story-based games, such as Life is Strange. Persona 5. I'm kidding. I love Persona 5 with passion, but I'm not going to recommend it to anyone because I know that nobody has 100 hours of time. Wow, it's time to spend. Honestly, even the Lego games would make great entries. But I want to Lego Star Wars game. Like, Lego Star Wars. <laughs> I don't know what the means, but Lego Star Wars and Pizza Hut is actually pretty fun. I think that's just because they're made for entry. I think yeah, about it. Lego games Farmers are kids. pretty great, pretty great entry level games, ironically. Well, I um targeted for kids makes sense. I guess that's all the time we have for today. Hopefully, we opened your eyes to a little something. Maybe you'd be more willing to try out something. And you know, I hopefully we made something of an impact on your views. But you know, if not, at least you took the time to listen to us. If not, then screw you. Alright, since we're at the end here... I want to know how many people actually sit to the end of these. Approximately 13. No, because, like... Really? People actually sit... Really? Hmm. I can read this... Because of the statistics, do they account for people that sit to the end? Or do they just account... I read the statistics. It says that they wait to the end. you're watching. Well, like I said, that's all the time we have for today. Cameron, would you like to close us out? Um, Alright, so actually, so, with the color photography thing, I I looked it up, and according to USA Today, um, it was, in the 1960s, color film cost significantly more than black and white film, and not only was the color film more expensive, but printing color images was too, and so, um, it was like, less cost-effective to do color than to do black and white, and also the time crunch for taking pictures. Apparently it took longer for um, uh, color pictures processing than uh, black and white, and so they just, most newspapers just did like, if not all newspapers, just did black and white. Wait, I I know that much, but I do know that for a fact a lot of photos, famous photos from the Civil Rights Movement were taken in color. But later, they a lot of company. I don't know who, but somebody went back and made them in black and white to give the impression they were from the long ago. I do know that much. I'm not certain of specifics, but I do know that there were a significant amount of photos that were colored, but were changed to black and white to give an impression of making them older. I don't know what the reason for that was. That's just I don't know. I guess. It's... I don't know. Well, um. Uh, have a wonderful morning, evening, or afternoon, or night. If you're listening to us while studying, then go put on some lo-fi hip-hop. That's probably better. Why are you listening to us while you're studying? Anyways. Terrible. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day, or week, or year. And this has been the century. And uh, this has been the Pisgah Podcast, starting out. Just cut it. Just cut it.